We are officially live here on Vimeo, the Facebooks, on everything. Um, let me click on over to my script here. It says double check the connection to Vimeo. Okay, all, we're all good here. Thank you very much for tuning in. You're currently watching the Tattoo Now show. Uh, it is, let's see, June 22nd. It's actually 6 p.m. We're doing a, a special edition late show with Adrian Dominic. He's beaming in from somewhere from Australia. I forgot to even ask which city, uh, but it's awesome. He's an amazing tattooer and artist of a variety of mediums. And in this case, we're going to talk a lot about VR here. Let me just share a quick little teaser of what we'll be looking at here, because I know how important it is evidently to, uh, to tease, right? But let's, uh, yeah, look at this. This is all crazy VR world here. And uh, maybe it was a, a hell city. We, uh, Adrian did it. Well, I guess it's worldwide. Adrian did a bit of uh, of a demo where you could download onto your or phone or your tablet this uh, software. It's pretty simple. And then all of a sudden you're in this like virtual world. There's, there's sleeve designs. It's pretty amazing. Anyways, point is, we're going to be talking about the VR world with Adrian Dominic coming up on the Tattoo Now show. In the meantime, uh, please bear with me. I want to make sure that this is actually working and streaming and let you know a little bit about the Reinventing the Tattoo Network that is making all of these streams possible. So let me do that right now. Welcome to Guy Hachison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join into these live streams to watch the replays, ultimately to inspire each other and create better art well, and tattoos together. Now we're beaming out five days a week and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have been receiving rave reviews. It's pretty amazing. Now, uh, not sure exactly where you're beaming in from now, but here, get ready for the list of where you can find Reinventing the Tattoo. Both of the app stores, that's the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, the YouTube channel or Roku or on smart TVs. We are in all of the podcast places, that is Apple, Spotify, etc. Just do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. And then, yeah, please leave your uh, positive reviews in the public so that you could uh, rank us up and those algorithms actually care if people actually like our stuff. And all the constructive criticism and all the critiques and whatnot, we love that too. Just send that straight to uh, management at reinventingthetattoo.com. I'm going to screen share, speaking of reinventingthetattoo.com, I'm going to screen share so that you can see no matter, again, no matter where you're beaming in from, the latest and greatest can always be found on reinventingthetattoo.com, which is one of these, sorry, bear with me here. I swear I have it open up on a new window and I didn't open up three other windows in the meantime. I guess I might have here. Let's try this here. Sure. Boom. Now I'm going to www.reinventingthetattoo.com. And like I said, no matter where you're beaming in from, uh, you'll always find the latest information right here on the website. Still.com. Go away. Up here in the free tattoo resources, there's free tattoo courses. Of course, we don't teach you to tattoo for free. You can't learn how to tattoo online, but we have the history of electric tattooing, our free reinventing community resources, and the tattoo prehistory. This is all uh, like mummies and stuff. The Jay Brown from the Northwest Tattoo Museum is doing an amazing job here of adding cr crazy lessons. And it's, it's basically an academic uh, take on all of this tattoo history that everyone has been complaining that none of the youngsters know anymore. So 
unless you know all about all of this, you can now, well, if you're one of the apprentice types, you, you can learn it. And if you're one of the cranky old bastards that are complaining, then you better know it because your apprentices might know it after they take that course. Okay, anyways, there's a lot of other free resources here. Uh, watch Reinventing 24-7. This here is basically a mirror of our Roku channel. So if you're on Roku and you download it, you'll see it's basically, um, what do we have? We have 12 channels going 24-7. This is the Reinventing podcast. This is a replay with Professor Maylene. Um, it's pretty crazy. We have a reinventing drawing group replays. This is a, a, the drawing groups where artists are encouraged to beam in and, um, and draw. We have art jams. So these are the um, art jams. This one's here with Guy and, and Tony Rommel. Uh, there's a Spanish channel. So if you speak Spanish or you know someone who speaks Spanish, there is art jams and interviews and whatnot 24-7. Uh, Let's see, we've got the Tattoo Weekly every Monday at 11 a.m. with Jake Meeks, Lauren Gregory, and I. We cover different topics from the week and interview people. Uh, live in the Castro, this is um, Haley Adams, straight from San Francisco, interviewing um, LGBTQ plus people of color, all sorts of awesome stories. Uh, let's see, we have a Tattoo Machine channel uh, hosted by Tony Urbanic and Gary Bankfield. We have a Tattoo Convention channel. This is the history of tattoo conventions uh, with Good Time Charlie, so Alex Van Dutch's uh, interviewing Charlie about all of the different histories. Anyways, as you get the idea here, um, we have just tons of different channels. Our RIT Marketplace. So this is all of uh, the sponsors and the, the businesses. Uh, this happens to be a, a True Tubes open house and tour, tattoo history, and oh yeah, yeah, it's a drunk critique channel. So um, yeah, it, oh man, it looks like it's getting very late there. Anyways. Let's not show that in the intro. Point is, if you go to reinventingthetattoo.com and it's two o'clock in the morning, you're not quite sure what to watch on Netflix, you could just click on that uh, Reinventing 24-7 link or go to the Roku. And uh, yeah, it's also great for recommending your friends and family. Um, if you're not quite sure where to start, then yeah, again, there's 12 different things going on all at the same time. Okay, bear with me here. We don't do any ads during the middle of this. I'm going to thank all of our sponsors which are okay so raw pigments rawpigments.co um they are acrylic free pigments <laughs> acrylic free pigments so they don't dry out in the cup i don't know if that's because they're acrylic free or they just don't but one way or another uh they've been sponsoring the reinventing network for over a year and a half uh people have been trying out things and they have been sticking so it's pretty fun to see uh people dig them rawpigments.co worldtattooevents.com you saw alex van dutch Oh, is my, uh oh. I can hear you. Your you can hear me. On. Yeah, I can hear you just. My headphone is still your on. Your Microphone's on. still working? Yep. Testing, 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 testing. Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, oh, look at that. It's because it's using the different microphone. Well, okay, perfect. Um, DLIES Pro whew, is known as Dermalize Worldwide, but in America, it's DLIES Pro. Thank you to International Copyright Stuff. It is a healing wrap that is designed to uh, breathe, so the oxygen will get into your skin and help it heal, but it keeps away all the bad stuff. Uh, you can check out, again, all the videos 
There's a lot of artists that use it. Uh, protect your art. Uh, Dermalize worldwide. Delize pro in the United States. Tattoo now. Uh, I do uh, technology and business for tattoo artists, tattoo studios, tattoo supply and support companies. Um, I would love to help your company if you're supporting tattooers do computer stuff. And then not last, uh, first, uh, Guy Aitchison, GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder of Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, it started off as a three-ring binder in the early 90s as a complement to his seminar, and he has been teaching and expanding uh, the, the the formats since. Um, it's now a full online platform. He's got like 20 other uh, courses. There is three times a year, the Reinventing the Tattoo in Evolution, which is a course that uh, I think it's an enrollment of 50, and then everyone kind of goes through the whole book together. It's pretty amazing. Or you could just buy the Canon and get it uh, again if it's two o'clock in the morning and you want to get all the data right then and there. Just grab the Canon, become a subscriber, and yeah, it's it's decades and decades and decades of tattoo knowledge at your fingertips. Okay, I'm going to not hop in the background. I'm actually going to stay in the foreground now to interview uh, Adrian and show off some of his great work. But uh, yeah, please. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to check. You know, you know, it's crazy because now I'm I'm doing tech at the same time. Now I get to see if it's actually streaming out in all the places. Okay, YouTube, check, YouTube, check. You know, sometimes I do this and when it's not working, I'm like, oh no, I have to do that again. But oh, oh look at this, it's working on the Facebooks. Okay. Awesome. Let me fire up uh, this in the background. Adrian, how are you? Thanks for uh, tuning in. It's bright and early there uh, in Australia. It is. It is. Thanks for having me, Gabe. It is uh, eight fifteen in the morning here um, on Thursday morning. So we're actually a little bit ahead of you guys. Um, awesome. And yeah, that's that's the reason that Gabe was so gracious to make a, a special late broadcast for me is because uh, yeah, it's it's quite early in the morning here. So thanks for having me. It's a it's a beautiful winter morning. We're just past our winter equinox, so it's still pretty chilly out there, but not like east coast chili at all like it's I no it was here. like uh, on the top of mount one of the mountains here mount, it, it was snowing yesterday it was i'm wearing jeans in june huh. i mean i love it my, my british uh, genetics is uh, it's catching up here i'm like oh it's 60 and raining <laughs> now <laughs> yeah it's you, know, not that you, bad. you weren't always uh, in australia though right so i was we were just just before the show we were mentioning that we may it was like early 2000s 2003 i remember Oh, my daughter must have been one or two years old. Cecilia was tiny, 18 now. Tiny, um, so crazy to me. And uh, I remember coming out to the Sacramento convention with uh, with Lou Jacques and and Nick and Nick Baxter, and he, he tattooed you. That was when you guys first met. Do, do, do you remember uh, much about that time? Or that must have been when you were I first. Do, I tattooing. do. I think it was called uh, uh, what is it? Tattoo sideshow or something like that. The, no, the no, sideshow uh, tattoo convention, maybe. Because uh, I know the all, guy all American, maybe was it the all American? You know what? It was the all American tattoo convention. You're right. Um, and yes, I had met you there. I had met Nick Baxter. That was the first time he tattooed me. He did a, a piece on my chest. I felt like I had won the lottery because he was one of my uh, favorite tattooers at the time, especially you know at, at in the in those years there wasn't a lot of younger tattooers, and uh, so I. I was very happy to, to meet somebody else who was interested in tattooing that was of my my age group that was also trying to push it in a, in a direction that we hadn't seen. And uh, yeah, that was kind of a, 
that show was kind of the beginning of opening up a, a, a serious network for me upon which I was able to, uh, to grow into later. What, what, what was it about Nick's work that was uh, attracting to it? Were you doing similar work at the time or what was the... So I was really interested in studying biomechanical tattooing as, as I've always been interested in. And there was something about Nick's work. He was doing this very visceral, fleshy looking like material that looked like almost the insides of organs or something. something it looked very uh, uh, surgical. And I really wanted to incorporate some of what he was doing into my work. Uh, and I was able to, to meet him, to be able to talk about those things. And a lot of, uh, after, after meeting, uh, we actually did several collaborations. I lived upstairs from him for a little while and we worked together at Transcend. And it was during those years that I feel like I, I gained some of like the most traction in the shortest amount of time. And, uh, and now he's, uh, He's very much become a very well-rounded biomechanical tattooer himself. So it was uh, it was cool to be able to not only learn so much from working with them, but for us to be able to exchange ideas a lot that really influenced our work. That was awesome. Uh, can you uh, show us the tattoo or? Hmm. So it's this piece on my chest here. It's kind of hard to see, but it's a key. With uh, these or these spheres, yellow, blue, and uh, and red, um, it's it's aged really good. They're, they're even you can even kind of see in this poor light. You can still see the yellow here. The yellow stuck mm -hmm. around. All the colors oh, stuck yeah. around. It aged like a tattoo ages, you know. But uh, sure, man. that was another thing is that you know we were trying things, especially back then that. Some of the older tattooers were kind of looking down upon saying that they weren't going to stick around and they weren't going to age properly and it still did what a tattoo does those lines grew some of those you know those shades kind of you know uh disperse a little bit but for all intents and purposes it's all still there so that was one of the things that we really got to learn in a, uh, with working with each other as you know pushing those boundaries was able to show us what did and what didn't work, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I have a, a, a tattoo on my foot from Nick from uh, from that era. I was going to try to, like, get my foot up there, but at 47, there's no way I'm fucking doing that. <laughs> um, James Wisdom is in the chat room. He says, uh, he's back in my day, we walked to the tattoo shop uphill in the snow both directions. And, uh, yeah, I guess we get to, we get to pit our uh, uh, New England snow versus the Chicago snow. Uh, you never really had, had much snow, huh? You've always been, I didn't uh, have much snow because I, I was born and raised in Phoenix. I spent a lot of my, my career tattooing in Arizona. Um, I did travel and I did live in Connecticut for about a year, a little over a year. Um, cold was for me. Yeah, <laughs> I got a winter. Uh, and I, I, I learned that I, I know exactly when it was. It was the, the day that I went to go. I went to go to work. Nick wasn't working. Like I said, he lived in the same building as I did. And I couldn't get my key into the lock. I thought somebody had put super glue in my lock. <laughs> so I go upstairs and I ask Nick if he can give me a ride to work because I couldn't get my key in the lock. He kind of just looked at me and smirked and shook his head. And he brought a washcloth with some warm water on it and just put that <laughs> on my lock and was like, you just need to defrost your lock. That was the moment that I realized that it is too cold for human beings to live here. And I left. 
Finish. Awesome. Like Nick, you're a great influence, but <laughs> I got a boogie. <laughs> yeah. So now uh, you've always been interested in multiple mediums. It seems like yep. uh, it was, was a graffiti <clears throat> before then and, and, and computers and tech. Let's talk about like even back then, maybe what are some of your first introductions to, uh, you know, artwork and mediums and digital stuff? Uh, well, as, so I, I came from uh, a bit of a, um, a less unfortunate uh, upbringing in my background. You know, we were poor. We had a lot of gangs around us, things like that. Um, so in order for me to be able to engage with my community but not have to be involved with gangs, graffiti was kind of one of the, the social activities that I could get involved with. And, and kind of like still be able to not have to deal with all those other things. Um, I got really lucky in that I was able to find something within graffiti that I, I enjoyed, that I was able to grow into, that I was able to explore and express myself. And that was kind of one of the beginnings of me being able to, you know, create artwork that was, you know, that was satisfying to me. And then from that stage, I, you know, I had been tattooing or I had been drawing a lot of designs for friends that ended up getting them tattooed on them. And I didn't really like the translations. So I, after trying to get into the Art Institute of Phoenix and failing to do that, uh, I started looking around for, you know, what's the next option, what else I could do. And tattooing was one of those things that stood out. I had very much enjoyed seeing tattoos on some of my friends. Uh, growing around, growing up around a lot of gangster people, uh, I saw a lot of like, you know, cholo style and Chicano style tattooing growing up. So it it was a it was a natural you know uh, transition to to tattooing. And then once I got into tattooing, it was probably around uh, let's see, I would say it was probably around two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten that I had gotten a hold of ZBrush. And in ZBrush, I had just seen what a lot of like video game designers, uh, film studios were doing. And I was just kind of enamored by it all. So I messed with it and I learned a little bit here and there. And I was able to apply it to a couple of tattoos and, and use it as just basic uh, reference building. And that was kind of, you know, like pr primarily like what, my my explorations of computer 3d work kind of had led me to other than that i had been using photoshop you know a little bit of procreate image making design, uh, uh programs just for making stencils and and, and references and things like that and that's kind of where it stood up until about you know eight or nine months ago uh, i upgraded my computer to something really high end and that changed the course of the directions that i wanted to go with it and uh, is this so? We're on your website here. Is this uh, the over experience? Are these the uh, the spots here for the yes. This new so the yeah. the platform that I'm working with right now is called Over. It is available as an app, as a free app that people can get on their phones and uh, on their on their tablets as well. But it's primarily smartphones and tablets. And I am able to upload my own 3D content into the environments, and then people can access them through their phone uh, with, uh, with an address, kind of like a URL. So what you're looking at now, these are different URLs and different experiences that I built. And in those experiences, we can go in there and we can interact, we can talk, we can have conversations, we can 
tour the environment together, excuse me. And uh, that's kind of what I've been spending a lot of my time when I'm not tattooing uh, doing is uh, a lot of people have referred to these um, platforms as metaverses um, and, and they are technically those things. I try to not use that word as much as possible because there is a stigma to it. I think people think that metaverses uh, mean Facebook and that's not the case. Um, sure. There are several different metaverse projects. Facebook's has one of them, um, but yeah, Over has its own metaverse. It's super accessible. Um, there's a couple the of things with the, uh, sorry, to, sorry, to just make to, it work. Like the, the, the one that you're working with over, it's uh, open source as opposed to like the metaverse that Facebook is, and it's like, um, it's proprietary. So it's like in, in, in the, with the Oculus glasses, you're like wired right into, into Facebook. Whereas right. with this platform, it's, it's, you know, it's more like a, a, it's an open platform. Well, yeah, it's definitely open source, uh, but it's also decentralized. And in that, if you own um, one of these, so these are essentially like, you know, plots of digital land. And if you own one of them, you can put whatever you want on there. Um, right now, we haven't seen anybody putting too much bad stuff on there, for lack of a better description. Um, and but this is this is in reality. So this is augmented reality, right? So this is like so a, this is augmented reality. And the only like the only real difference I think between the two of them, as far as how I'm presenting my work, is in augmented reality you should be able to see something from your real world. With virtual reality, it'll be enclosed. Um, right. I want to make sure to emphasize that you know even when my uh, my projects are enclosed, these are still only accessible via smartphones and tablets you can't access these on an oculus or a headset and some people have you know felt a little bit apprehensive to trying this because of that i actually find it to be the opposite and it makes it a, a lot more accessible to people who think that they can't participate oh yeah because absolutely. they don't have a headset you know it's I mean, you everyone's know, got a phone just, everybody's got a phone so it's it's literally something that you can access in your pocket really easily and uh, uh, sometimes I think an another stigma that people have is the term augmented reality or AR and um, how to like what I do to be able to kind of like shake them of that is I explain to them that they most of them have already been using augmented reality. If they've ever used a Snapchat or an Instagram face filter, that's sure. augmented reality. It's just uh, it's it's used in a different way. So instead of using facial tracking, I'm using uh, plane tracking, which means that I'm looking for a, a floor. It scans and it looks for a flat surface. As soon as I find a flat surface, then I can deploy uh, my assets, which are these 3D objects. And uh, I've been doing so just kind of as fun, like expressing myself as an artist and making it to where people across the world can visit my art with me. But I'm also figuring out a lot of ways to integrate this into the tattoo shop experience. Yeah, and you know, to that point, one of the one of the clips that was in this reel is the um, the spot where you have uh, the sleeves. So this, these are these are like full on sleeve designs. Let me hop back to the uh, to the video here. Um, so what I did for that was uh, I um, I built a essentially it was a gallery, and in that gallery um, I was able to take 
these biomechanical designs that I had made. I was showing examples of what they look like in their black and white form and uh, their stencil form. Here's a couple of bodysuit uh, concepts that were made using that design. And then if you look between each one of those walls, there are sleeves made with those designs as well. The idea for these was to be able to uh, not only show these designs and what they can be done or what can be done with them in different ways, but also to make them available for other tattooers who wanted to uh, maybe access some of the designs that I've made and tattoo it either on other clients, get it tattooed on themselves. Um, and th that's in, uh, in part what's available here. Uh, it's set up kind of like a bespoke tailor's uh, uh, showroom, you know, like when you would walk into a showroom and you, you would see a nice suit of some of their best work and a couple of different examples of the fabrics. It was modeled off of a similar uh, uh, like style of, uh, I guess, delivery. And, uh, and hopefully here soon, I'll be able to offer similar things for tattoo shops to be able to purchase from me and, and customize for their, with their own designs. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, you're, you're really at the forefront of, um, yeah, just showing off what's what's possible with, you know, in the combination of these two spaces. And, uh, you know, it was pretty fun when, when we were, you were showing this off at the uh, Hell City uh, Tattoo Fest. Um, was it Russ Abbott who was able to also beam in? See the yep. other fellow? Russ Abbott yeah, showed so, up. So we, yeah. we didn't talk, a lot of let's talk about the... So yeah, let's talk about the collaborative uh, aspect of it, right? So like, now here we are, you know, people can download the links from the descriptions or that'll, that'll pop up um, to, you know, to, pl to play with. But, you know, one of the things that's cool is you're on, you're, they're on your phone, but then there's other people that could be here. Right, right. You know, so uh, when I first got you to come in one of these experiences, I believe it was in the pink one and the purple one that you're looking at on the screen now. Mm -hmm. And I think we had, we had like 12 different people in the room. A handful of those people were from uh, the OVRA community, uh, people that I've been talking with and working with over the last couple of years, or over the last couple of months, I'm sorry. And then uh, a handful of tattooers, you know, there was you, Joe Capobianco showed up, Taylor Court, uh, and, and a handful of artists. And we were literally like, we all had our, our avatars in the room where we were walking around and engaging in conversation with each other. We can see what each other was doing to a certain degree. Um, and uh, that, that's probably one of the strongest aspects of the whole platform is the fact that there is the, the socialization aspect. We can talk, we can engage, we can, you know, point at things that we're looking at. Um, obviously, we can't, you know, pick stuff up and we can't, you know, change things in the room as of yet. But this is still pretty new technology and it's very new in how we're applying that technology. So, uh, Every day we're looking for new um, new solutions to some of these issues. Tattooers are notorious for not wanting to try new technology. And when they do tech, try these new technologies, they often find all the things wrong with it instead of all the things that are uh, practical or, or potentially beneficial to it. So I'm, I'm trying to approach this whole thing with that in mind and trying to make it as streamline and as simple as possible um and hopefully really soon like within the next month or two i should be able to offer these um as as purchasable products there is a tattoo studio very well known here in australia 
that I'm kind of um, testing some things with. We're also going to be testing some things uh, at the, the tattoo studio that I work at in Broad Beach. It's called 383 Tattoo. And uh, the idea is that we can be able to remotely have clients come in and engage in a conversation with us or even in consultation with us without having to physically be in the same room. Now, I'm sure a lot of tattoo artists, you know, in the States as well, especially ones who are looking at reinventing, may have uh, some clients that travel, uh, whether it's interstate or internationally, and that, you know, with gas prices being what they are, travel prices being what they are, of course, you know, people are concerned about COVID safe, things like that. So this, you know, doesn't necessarily replace a consultation. However, it is kind of a, a supplement for it. So we're really trying our best to explore the nature of that supplementation so that, you know, tattoo artists and tattoo shops can have a new set of tools that, again, doesn't replicate or doesn't replace the need for face-to-face uh, -face engagement, but it could be um, something that takes its place when other things get in the way. You know, let's say an artist is unwell. Let's say an artist has a flu, still wants to have his consultation or, or vice versa, a client is unwell or they're two hours away and don't want to drive in for 15 minutes to talk about their design. Here Voila. we can offer a, 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 a capability of them being able to do that uh, by simply having access to you know an app on their phone and a little bit of knowledge on the on the end of the uh, essentially the IT side for the tattoo you know studio. Um, one one of the questions that's a uh, curriculum to to make that happen. Go ahead. Sorry. So I was going to say one of the, well, there's a question that's coming in from uh, James Wisdom here. He's uh, talking about uh, well, for one, one of his comments is uh, you know subversion and acceptance seems to be uh, both uh, seem to both be part of the uh, enjoyment that one seeks through the art. Maybe this is a, a way to determine your own style, um, and then kind of uh, maybe alongside of that, he's also asking kind of to what you were just talking about with, with the uh, over AR uh, augmented reality, you, you could show the client what the piece will look like now. So is there a way for potentially for you to map onto a client? I mean, I guess ultimately you're, you're, you're mapping on a 3d parts, but could you eventually, uh... Ideally. Yes. <clears throat> right now it's difficult because all right. Um, <clears throat> in, in not so many words, what we're using, what, what over is and what a lot of metaverses are, they're video games. They're video games used from a new context. So that has to be kept in mind when we're talking about how we can use this technology because we're essentially coding uh, a game to be able to be something that can be interacted with in a real world situation. Uh, one of the things that we run into as far as an issue is uh, this term called collisions, uh, colliders. Uh, colliders in, in the video game context and means that things can uh, pass in front of and behind real world objects. So like, let's say that we wanted to take a tattoo design and have a client be able to look at it in that room, in that space. It would be difficult without actually having body tracking of that client in the space. Now, this is where I was talking about the technology I don't want to say run short, but it's where we're at in it right now. Uh, we're definitely nowhere near Ready Player One metaverse stuff. And I think that's one of the um, 
uh, misconceptions that people have when they hear the term metaverse is they think, oh, you know, like it's, you know, Elon Musk is, is putting stuff in our brains and, and that's the end mm -hmm. of it. Like it's, we're nowhere near that yet. We're nowhere near that. So we're just, you know, the, and, and, and these things that I'm making are nowhere near, I guess, uh, trying to pursue that at all. Like this is really just me using really you know, for lack of a better description, like PlayStation 2 level graphics uh, with a processor that's in your cell phone, which is super simple processor comparative to like a video game rig or a computer and, and trying our best to be able to make as much out of that as possible. Yeah. Well, and, and very kind of limited with files, you know, the file size is super small. So there's only so much that we can do with it as of yet. Now, now, to that point, you're not necessarily like trying to force that. Like, so you have the designs that are in the VR world, and, and we haven't talked about the NFT part of it yet, but we can in a second or, or in a couple of minutes. But, um, but you're really just kind of digging right into this, you know, as an artist, uh, you know, with tattooing as one of your main mediums. But this is just another medium. You're, you're taking gigs, uh, creating virtual worlds for for different companies, right? Is that that you know? You, yeah. You're not, yeah. For, you started by building art spaces with cool bio stuff, um, but that led to you know, some other real gigs. Yeah. So there was a company uh, that I, I finished a project for about two months ago, uh, a uh, composite decking company called Trex. And I made a virtual showroom for them. Uh, that was one of the, um, one of the things that was in my video. Uh, there's also a festival out of Wales and in India called the Zero Focus Festival. And I made a virtual like stage for them so that they can uh, debut uh, uh, a new piece of audio, a new song. And that was one of the things that I got commissioned to do. So there's been a couple of small commission jobs, nothing too crazy, but uh, I've been getting paid to learn. And it was really quickly that I was able to um, show that community that not only was I experimenting with it, but that I was able to bring some really fresh and new ideas and I've gotten really positive responses. There's a couple of other projects that I'm involved in now, uh, and I have to do my best to kind of keep those projects at arm's length in order to be able to stay focused on the stuff that I want to make as well. Um, that's the balance, though. That's the dance, you know, staying uh, a part of my community because I do consider myself a part of these like metaverse builder communities now, as well as the tattoo community, but still stay true to my own artistic visions and what I want to do. I am still just, you know, at the, at, the, at the end of it all, this is just me being a nerd playing with a new toy and seeing how I can show the communities that I've been involved in, in this case, tattooing, um, how that can apply, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome. And I imagine that when, uh, you know, when the surgical robots, you know, are doing the actual tattooing on, you know, people, uh, it'll be the graphic designs, it'll be the flow, it'll be, you know, um, people like you that are kind of in the in, in the forefront of that space that won't skip a beat right i mean i mean obviously there's always it feels like there'll always be a place for like hand electric machine tattooing right but you know eventually you know as we're, you know the, the computers and the robots and all this stuff are, are getting pretty crazy so the you know the more you can interface with them feels like the you know the better maybe you know I, and and i think that i kind of like i have a tendency of being on the edge of that, some days I feel, you know, that it is better to more to be more integrated. Sometimes I feel that it's better to be less integrated. 
Um, I think there's always going to be a space for handmade goods, handmade tattoos, things like that. Uh, that's not necessarily the direction that I'm trying to aim as far as my contribution of the technology is, you know, uh, adding to the potential of that being automated. Um, <clears throat> how do I put it? I'm not trying to add to the automation of tattooing so much as I'm trying to enhance. All right. For instance, if you think about, I, I don't you know, there's, for some people who haven't been tattooing more than say a decade, it, it might not apply the same way. But when I first got into tattooing, I remember when I would go into a tattoo shop and I would, you know, purchase a tattoo or I'd make an appointment to get tattooed that day, or I'd walk in, or even if it was an appointment, walk in, I'd have to wait for the artist for a couple minutes, maybe 15 minutes while they get set up. I would look at books that were on the table, whether it was portfolios, a stack of tattoo magazines, pictures of tattoo designs on the walls maybe a couple of magazine articles that were framed up on the walls talking about each one of the tattooers, a couple of trophies from different uh, conventions. While I was in the shop waiting to get tattooed, I was engaging with uh, material and content that was specifically directed towards my experience. It was a tattoo experience. Nowadays, we all have cell phones. So most people that go in a shop and they're waiting for their client, they're looking at stuff on Instagram or Twitter or whatever you know, social media platform that they're looking at. TikTok um, now. But what's that? TikTok now. TikTok now. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what I'm hoping to do with this uh, project and what I'm going to be offering to uh, tattoo shops here soon is a way to be able to take that behavior that people are already going to be on their phones and give them something to look at that's going to be intriguing and interesting for their tattoo experience that also... Um, showcases the art of the tattoo shop, the art of the tattoo artists that work there and just tattooing in general. So I'm kind of trying to like use this technology to bring it back to kind of what it was in a weird way, but just through a new vector, through a new medium. So are you talking about like, um, and I could see this working and it's amazing because just the fact that the phone would be in the way, but like if you walked into a, uh, into a tattoo shop and it had a little, you know, Whatever the QR code or something, a little QR code, and then all of a sudden, or or it could just be a little sign that's like point your camera at this and click the link, and then um, when they go around the tattoo shop, because you have the tattoo shop space kind of mapped, they can right, yeah, fucking gonna kill it. So and it doesn't it doesn't have to be like crazy. It doesn't have to be crazy either. Like in uh, fact, I actually find it to when there's less assets and the experience is more simplified. Then it enhances the environment. It enhances the background. This is where I think in, uh, augmented reality is more uh, effective in this particular use case than a virtual reality. You want to be able to see the tattoo shop. These tattoo shops, a lot of tattoo shops are beautiful places. They're beautiful spaces mm -hmm. with, with a great amount of detail and, and great collections of art. You don't want to hide that. You want to accentuate that. So I'm trying to make experiences that do just that, that accentuate those things and give people something a little bit extra to look at. They're already interested in what their phones are doing. Again, like people are already uh, uh, experienced with augmented reality. This is just a new way to be able to do that. Yeah, I love the idea of using just specific spaces, right? So you could map out, well, again, if it's just like a wall or two, or even a, a framed out space in a wall, like here, right? like there's like a frame hanging in the middle of the fucking space, right? So like that could be your right. tattoo shop, exactly. you know, 
Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sweet. And so you're, you're working on this, it'll be a couple months, you think, before you're uh, working with- I would with say, I'm, I'm thinking that it's gonna be a couple of weeks before I have like my testers running. And the reason that I say a couple of months is because I wanna give it a couple of weeks once my testers get a hold of the tech to see what works and what doesn't work for them. And then I'm gonna package it in a relatively simple uh, uh, like format in order to be able to, essentially like what I'll do is I'm gonna have maybe three or four different options of, uh, of formats. Maybe it's gonna be a wall that has a couple of framed artworks on it. Uh, one, of those, uh, one of those options will have a mannequin in there for a back piece, uh, different options like that. And then basically they will purchase that from me. And what I'll do is I'll take all of the artwork that they give me, which I'll, that will be part of the, the, the purchase protocol as you send me this artwork, I will then upload it into the space for you. And then I can uh, deploy it from my end so that they'll have access to it immediately without me ever having to be in physical contact with them. Awesome. That's great. And now um, I know that uh, at least one or one or two of the viewers in here, I mean, there's more than one or two, but uh, James is also uh, who's been in the chat room is into the NFTs. And so, we, you know, I know that uh, in one of our previous videos, you, you do give the uh, a little bit of a primer, like so, so I'm not necessarily looking for like a, a blockchain primer, but um, but you, you do have some NFT uh, driven aspects of this. So maybe we could um, talk about that a little bit. Okay, uh, well, each one of the, so like I was saying, these, each one of these uh, uh, pieces of digital land or, or digital parcels of land, those are each NFTs. Uh, I purchased them from the project. Uh, they're, they're really inexpensive too. They're a little bit, uh, they're, they're a couple of moves to get them. Like they're not, you know, it's not simply you can go on the website, you know, click buy now and, and there you go. There's definitely a couple of moves to it. They're on the Polygon network for those who are interested in the, uh, the blockchain that they're on. Uh, so they're really low on gas, and uh, so yeah, and these are so, so, so just real quick. So that's like the that's stuff. the first part of the NFT, right? So the the, the plot of land is uh, an NFT, kind of like a, a plot DVD. of land is an NFT, yes. Okay. And then because I have that NFT, I have access to be able to put uh, content on that where the NFT itself lives, because all of these NFTs are geolocated. They have a, a, a global coordinates to them. So, you know, some of them- So like, like this one here has a space. This is a space, right. like a real life space. Right, exactly, exactly. Now, if you don't, if you're not physically in that space, you can still access it remotely if you have the, the URL address for it. And that's normally how I uh, have people access it because I have people from all over the world that are accessing it. I don't typically use the geolocation aspect of it as often as- uh, well, not very often for, for this practical use. Um, but yeah, so it, it does start as a, as essentially as an empty NFT. Yeah. As far as how I'm incorporating my own NFTs in this, so with the, uh, the, the biomechanical tattoo design one that I was showing you guys earlier, each one of those biomechanical designs, like all these ones that are on the wall, those are all NFTs that are purchasable. And when you purchase that NFT, Yes, it's just a JPEG that you get as like, you know, the, the actual NFT that shows up on your phone, but that's not what the NFT itself is. Most people have a misconception that NFTs are just JPEGs that can be screenshotted and that's the furthest thing from the truth. 
So when you purchase this, you get a bunch of uh, unlockable content that you have access to it by owning the NFT. There's a, a, a downloadable printable file that's in a, 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 a full resolution print. There is an archivable file that can be that to where you can archive that. Personally, I think archiving and the, the, the nature of uh, having artwork archived uh, for the future generations is one of the biggest um, strengths of using blockchain for art and why I'm so kind of bullish on NFTs. Um, yeah, they, they can make you money too, but I'm sure everybody knows that, you know, there's been a huge uh, uh, downturn in NFTs and, and uh, blockchain related cryptocurrency, but that was never the reason that I got involved at all. Like I got involved because I saw a way to be able to utilize blockchain technology as a way to record and archive the artwork. And I think that the prices of my NFTs reflect that. They're not cheap, but they're not expensive comparative to like what people would pay for an original painting. And, and I do still sell original paintings for much more than I would sell my, my NFTs. Um, however, <clears throat> back to the, the biomechanical ones, the idea with these ones is that essentially you purchase the NFT and that gives you access to the design and license to be able to do whatever you want with that design uh, within the, the scope of tattooing. If you own it, you can tattoo it on somebody or sell it as a tattoo. Uh, you can get it tattooed on yourself. Um, you have full, full commercial license to do whatever you want with it as a tattoo. Now, you can't turn it into a T-shirt. You can't turn it into posters and sell those things. You can't buy it and then turn it around and make copies of it and sell that Flash on a Flash website. It's specifically for the buyer and for the owner of that particular NFT. Um, so that's how I'm using these particular ones. I did another series a couple of months ago where when you purchase it, you get all the same stuff. You get an archivable uh, high resolution file, you get the printable file, but you also get the original piece of artwork mailed to you. There's a video in there that explains a bit about the story of the piece and, uh, and a piece of a story that, uh, that is kind of like a puzzle piece that encourages you to talk to other people who own the rest of the, the works from the series and kind of make the small community. So like it instigates and, and incentivizes community activity and, and community activity is really, really important to me.